Hello, everybody, and welcome to this, the latest Gunnerstown post-match pub. If you can hear the sound of uh, despondency in my voice, that's probably because you're listening in, uh, you're either listening into the live broadcast or you're listening to this as a podcast the next day, which is um, just after we found out that Arsenal have been defeated at Everton 2-1. They have lost yet another game. And not only that, but from a UK perspective, we've been told that we, for a lot of us in the southeast here, and of course I'm sure there's plenty of you that are based in the southeast, we have issues around Christmas. So I do apologize. I'm going to make this apology, if I'm completely honest with you, because this podcast is probably not going to be the most um, jovial. And I'm joined tonight by uh, Dave Seeger, Guna Dave 66. Dave, even though this podcast isn't jovial, I'm so happy just to spend it. I'm going to spend 30 minutes with you as if we used to do in the pub, whether that's Tollington, Shay, um, the Duchess, the Gunners pub, whatever it is, like in the old days. Um, this is what we, this is what we have to do now. This is the virtual pub. So I've got myself a San Miguel. I've poured myself a San Miguel. We're going to have a few bit, bit bit of time talking about the football um, and the real issues that we've got at our club at the moment. So, Dave, do you want to just give me just a quick hello to all those people listening? But then also talk to me about. Let's start with. Well, we might as well start at the beginning, which is the uh, the lineup. Um, yeah, hello, Chris. Lovely to see you, even in these circumstances. Um, line-up. Was I surprised he went three at the back away at Everton, given the suspensions? Probably not. Was I disappointed he did? Yes. I would rather he stayed with back four. Um, but is what it is. I was pleased to make the Nars kept his place. I was surprised to see Nketiah. Um, but all in all... I was pleased um, that Maitland-Niles kept his place. That's about the only positive thing I can come up with. <laughs> I was pleased to see Pepe. Um, but, yeah, um, obviously pleased to see Martinelli on the bench when I, when I read that. Um, hopefully, uh, well, th thankfully, he didn't look like he, he came off with any injuries or anything because I'm sure there's a degree of panic and rushing him back going on. But I was very surprised about Ober because that didn't come out at all. Um, yeah, we heard nothing about that, yeah. did we? Um, so no, for those very, people who don't know, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang supposedly has a calf strain. So I tweeted beforehand, it would be really nice just for a change for us to not get any of the following. A penalty against us, a red card against us, an injury or anything like that. And literally before the game had even started, we'd already ticked off one of those boxes. Um, the game started and... I thought I could see a team, an Arsenal team, that were low on confidence. We all know that. And we decided to essentially give Everton possession and, I thought, retain our shape. And I could sort of half understand it. But the depressing thing is us going forward because the shape, all right, that's one thing. But I just thought that every time we got the ball, every time a player got the ball, we either wanted too many touches... Like I, I literally, I tweeted this. There was a moment in which we had um, a two-minute spell, and the um, the players on the, the Arsenal players on the ball where we had possession, every single one of them took at least four touches with the ball. If you think back to, and again, 
there's so many podcasts and we've heard it so many times people who have talked about you know the venga years and how we used to play and that's literally like a decade ago now but one touch football that was our kind of brand almost the brand that we have now is slow it's ponderous it's too many touches so what's your view in terms of that first half and how it sort of broke down I think it's, it's weird that because I, I, if you'd said to me, I mean, let, let's not rewind history here. Everybody was keen for Sobias to come back. And now everybody seems to know that, you know, he's not going to be an Arsenal player. Why are we playing him? But one of the things that was a feature of him playing on the run in last season in the FA Cup final was quick ball, you know, quick, one touch, always looking for a forward pass. And And I think if you take him as an example, that is symptomatic of the overall effect on everyone you know you have a player there who was synonymous with for me with one touch looking up finding a pass it wasn't always the most effective pass but it was always a forward pass so that it, it almost a, there's an analysis of the whole team if you look at that one player He's, he is not the same player that finished you know with a plomb from the quarterfinal onwards in the FA Cup and in the league at the end of last season he was statistically the best midfield player in the league from after lockdown when the season restarted, you know, in everything, you know, in interceptions, in passing, he was right up there with the very best in the league. And now all the fans are saying, why is Sabayos playing? What can, you know, what can happen so much in four or five months? It's unbelievable. And he was I desperate think, to come back. You know, I think there's, there's confidence. I mean, confidence is a big thing and ours is absolutely on the floor at the moment. But tonight I saw a Danny Sabayos that was frankly appalling. There was a, I don't know if you, um, I particularly remember one bit, He's picked up the ball in like the middle third of the pitch on the left-hand side. And there wasn't anyone made, making a run in the channel. And he's just passed a straight ball that just went out of play for a goal kick. And I looked at it, I just thought, that's not the first time I've seen that, seen that tonight. He did, one, he did one that went out of play with a minor deflection as well, but it was going out of play anyway in the second half. Um, even El Nenny, who at the start of the season was, you know, you know, okay, God, why is El Nenny still here? But he was getting the ball, he was giving it easy, he was keeping it moving quickly. It seems to have affected even him. The only two players who who seem to still be getting the ball and moving it quickly and looking forwards all the time are Tierney and Saka. Um, yeah. And I have to say, barring a few mistakes, and I don't want Maitland-Nars to be playing right back, quite frankly, but yeah, he was a positive. You know, he was a positive. Saka was a positive. Tierney was a massive positive. And despite all the bad press, and I know you give him bad press, I, I don't really understand why Holding's getting so so many pelters. He he was solid again, but. Yeah, what Everyone else, well, he didn't make too many mistakes. Me, I think he's been getting oh, a lot no. of stick, you know, the last few weeks when he hasn't really been any worse than anyone else in the defence. To be honest, can I tell you what yeah. it is about holding? Can I just tell you what it is about holding? My issue with holding is, it's just him. He's a limited defender. I think he's slow. He didn't. I think he won one header all night against Calvin Lewin. Now, to be fair, Calvin Lewin is an absolute monster in the air. But, it was only a game a few weeks ago where he was winning absolutely everything as well, though, Chris, to be fair. I but mean, Yeah, but to, yeah. if we're talking about Isolate, we're just talking about tonight. He was poor because he didn't win a single header. He looked ropey, and yeah. I'm sorry, but if you think about us as a team, do you think that Rob Holding is a good enough central defender for us to play if we're going to play at three at the back? Do you think he is good enough for a top four team? My response there is no. He is a bottom half of the table maybe rotation player team and he is in this Arsenal team as captain tonight and I think that's a damning indictment on 
us and where we're at at the moment and the squad i mean the squad composition frankly is embarrassing but isn't this but isn't this just typical not of you and me but of the you know i'm including us in this but the entirety of the arsenal fan base when last season you know before he was injured we we didn't lose 10 games he played in the premier league the season four last year. then he was out and every single person was it'll be all right when holding's back you included and me included you know we're all like guilty of, of the you know, forgetting the frailties and remembering the good times. And now it's Callum Chambers. I've seen it in the Gunnerstown DM. Mm. Oh, where, where, why isn't Callum Chambers playing instead of holding? Suddenly, after 10 months out injured, Callum Chambers has played, what, half an hour in the Europa League? Everyone wants him to start in the Premier League. You know, we are where we are. You know, holding's fit. He hasn't been a disaster. And he's got the trust of the manager. Yes, he's not going to take us to the top four. But is he any worse than anyone else? You know, is he the one who's lunged in twice like Gabriel last week? You know, I think we just look for scapegoats. I really do. He, Same with William. You know, he was, that was probably, barring Fulham, his best game for Arsenal. And, and, and whatever we say, whatever we always oh, 200 grand down the drain, you do not become one of Chelsea's best players last season to one of Arsenal's worst players this season. There's something else going on. You don't become bad players from having been very good players. You just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's an issue. We have to, beyond that, you know, we have to look beyond the individual player ability, I think, here. Yeah. I think you're right. This team is in free fall at the moment, it feels like. And um, Leon Molyneux has just said on the Facebook, um, good shout, Leon, to be fair, players need to be receiving the ball in the half-term drive at defences. That's not happening. So what I'm seeing in this team at the moment is receiving the ball either square or facing their own goal, and it's the backwards or sideways passing. But what I'm also seeing is very, very slow movement of the ball. Like the amount of times where David Luiz picks the ball up. And this isn't this isn't his fault, to be fair. I'm not calling out David Luiz, although, you know, he's a questionable. Um, he's been questionable for us in terms of his, his impact. What, to me, what I saw today was slowing down of the ball. It's square passing. It's and David Luiz two or three times has put his arms up to say, "Where's the movement?" Players aren't making that movement. Like you said, that you didn't think that William, you know, it was his best game. I think that is a very low bar because, in my opinion, I don't think William was very good at all. He doesn't make very much. He didn't make very much movement. Um, he, he's not incisive in the final third. He's he he's an he's an issue, but he's an issue of the club's making, and that's because the players that we have the squad that, that has been put together, you know, Arteta managed to get something out of them. And the problem we've got at the moment is that we've got players that I don't think people say, oh, they're not playing for the manager, blah, blah, blah. There's, there's something that's not working at the moment. And the problem that we've got is that we're in December and we're on, I don't even know how many games we played, like 14, 15. If this was like game 36, and we were in 13th, 14th, 15th, and we knew we weren't getting relegated, I'd just say, screw it, right off the season, get a load of these wasters out, and let's have a reboot. But we are in game, as I said, 13, 14, 15, whatever it is, and there's a long season to go. And I'm at the stage where I'm thinking, to be honest with you, if someone could say, you know, um, get yourself to 40 points and finish 15th or 13th or something ridiculous like that. Just get yourself to the end of the season. I'd be like, fine. Um, that's, that's well, given the, next, given the opposition we've got in the next two games, we mm. could be in the relegation zone, you know, by Christmas, to be honest, yeah. while we're playing. I mean, but we've going back Chelsea to home, and then we've got Chelsea City home. Away. No, City's in the, uh, oh, that's in the uh, league. Yeah. 
but then we've got Brighton away. And okay, then we, always lose, we always lose to Brighton. Yeah, no, it's, so no, we, we'll be okay. <laughs> but the but the point is, the interesting point within the points you made there is they are playing for the manager. You don't uh, you don't get one all against Leeds with ten men and one one all against Southampton. They were so good against Southampton with ten men. They were so strong in the tackle. They were so you know, cohesive in what they were trying to do in defence. They were battling for the shirt. So they are playing for the manager. You just have to question why they all seem to believe in the tactics. That's what I don't understand, because those tactics that work so well with 3-4-3 on the run-in and winning us the FA Cup, they're not working now. And you just have to, you know, so he's tried to change to 4-2-3-1, and that gives you the problem of who's the creative player. And I think you just have to get to a point where, I was there a few weeks ago where you think, well, okay, we're not going to get relegated. You know, we're not, we, we simply won't, you know, the really be better. Well, they, we simply won't because we've got too good. We have got too good of players compared to the likes of the West Broms and the Burnleys of this world, whatever Burnley did last week. But I think he's got to start taking more gambles. He's got to let the players take more gambles. And, 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 and if you make a pass or try and make a pass in the final third and it doesn't come off, it doesn't matter. And somebody needs to tell him the players that. And that has to come from Arteta. And the other thing is, he has to start trusting the youth. He started to do it, but for me, probably trusting the wrong ones. You know, Willock, if he's going to play Willock, he's got to play Willock in Willock's role. And playing 10 is not Willock's role. You know, he's more of a Ramsey type, you know, third man runs, you know, getting on the ball at the, at the end of a move, not creating the move. So I think, like most Arsenal fans, and again, you can say, well, it's absolutely makes the heart grow fond or whatever. But I think we all know that Smith Rowe's got something about him. And... We can't do any worse than trying him at number 10. You know, we could, we tried Saka there, we tried Willock there, we tried, you know, Lacazette there recently. You know, what, not, he's not going to do any worse, is he? Can I just you know, and if you've, got, if you've got Pepe, Bamiang and Martinelli with Smith-Rowe, you're going to create chances, surely. You have to with those four players. So, so let, me ask you, let me ask you that question then, mate, because this is, this is an interesting one and I think we should delve into. He has put his faith into the wrong players i think i think in mm-hmm. william i think in El- i mean part of me i do feel for arteta because i mean sabios by getting him back on and by you know the fact that he's played so poorly by shaka and his poor poor performances this season there's too many senior pros that he's put too much faith in at what point do you think I thought we were seeing that turning of the tide and even bellerin who's not been great at times in the recent weeks at what point do you think he does say, we're losing every game here, people. I'm going to have to play. I'm, I don't have any other choice. Like, Because if you're Arteta, his options are you play William every week and you play Pepe. And again, I will say this. I've been a fan of Pepe. I think he's a good player. But again, that that guy right now, I'm actually turning on, like turning in terms of my belief that he can make it at Arsenal. Because tonight I saw a guy that controlled the ball, slows it down, Cuts in, cuts outside. He's not, he's not a player running at defenders. He's not a player that's got belief, and we can't afford to have guys that are are playing well, like it's, that. It's this obsession with in the modern game with inverted wingers. You either like it mm. or you don't. I don't. A lot of people do. The best, the best game I saw Pepe have this season was when he played on the left in the Europa League a few weeks ago. Um, when he's running at people, when he's able to beat them and cut the ball in. You know, you've got to look at that type of ball. The early ball against Southampton when Saka beat his man, got to the byline and whipped it in hard and low. Yeah, 
Arteta's boasted against Tottenham we had 32 crosses. Well, you can have 32 crosses that are going over the head of the short, you know, every player we've got. We don't have Oli Giroud in the side anymore. You know, mm. the crosses we need are cutbacks or low and hard. And of those 32 crosses, about 30 were lofted balls when we haven't got a centre forward who's going to head the ball. It's entirely pointless to boast about the crosses. What we need to be doing is playing Pepe on the left, if we're going to play him, and someone who's right-footed on the right, or Saka, who's happy to do either side, and just get beat, beat the fullback. And that's what Pepe can do. That's what he was doing in France. No, the French defenders are nowhere near in League One at the standard of the Premier League. You know, as soon as you see Pepe, they know he, all they've got to do is show him the outside on the right every single time. It's absolutely mm. self-defeating for me. I don't mm. understand it. I mean, would you, how many of these players, like what would you do for the next game at Chelsea in the league? Let's forget about the cup. Because, I mean, I think we're, I think he should just, he should just restart. He should just have a little bit of rotation. He'll probably have to play some first team players. But that Chelsea game is more important than City in the League Cup, as far as I'm concerned. I can't see us getting anything against, like, I really went uber positive today because I thought we'd get something. I can't see us getting anything. So, what would you do if you were in his shoes right now? Would you? Yeah, I think Thomas Partey's not fit. Thomas Partey's not fit, is no. he? I've got a gut feel. Like they've, all they've said on the official site is he'll be out for a few weeks. So I, I think we're not seeing until January. In my head, we're probably talking about like 10th, 12th of January. Yeah. Well, I know what I, would, I, mean, I, know what I would do, and I know most Arsenal fans won't agree with it. I mean, I, I was stunned that Cedric didn't start against Southampton. Um, I thought he's done absolutely everything that's required of him. He gets up and down like a proper fullback uh, in a four-two-three-one, and uh, yeah, he's not the right, he's not the right man in the three-four-three. Three, I agree, but as a right back, he's solid. He's not going to let us down, and he's done more than enough, in my view, to earn a chance in the Premier League. And I'm desperate, desperate to see Maitland-Niles play in central midfield. He's the closest player. I'm not saying he is Thomas Partey, but if you want the attributes of Thomas Partey, he's the only one who's even close in physical, in speed, in recovery time, in interceptions. People say, oh, he looks laconic and he looks lazy. They're the same people who defended Ozil for looking the same, saying his work rate was better than anyone else's. You know, Maitland-Niles gets through a lot of work. He makes an odd mistake. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But so do all our central midfield players. You know, I want to see Cedric at right back, if not Bellerin. I don't mind Bellerin. I, I, don't, I don't want to see Maitland-Niles at right back. I never want to see Maitland-Niles at right back. You know, he is. He should be playing central midfield ahead of El Nani, Shaka, or Party for me. I mean, or sorry, or, or Sobias for me. I really believe that. And, and I, I'm at the point where I, I'm trying to wonder whether I believe that because FN else is so bad or I believe that because I actually think Maitland-Niles can do a job, and I'm still convinced it's the latter. I really believe Maitland-Niles can do a job. Um, and, I, you know, I can't see what we've got to lose. I would play I, in there. So, so I'm kind of with you on this, but let me just explain my thinking. So I think Maitland-Niles has his issues. I think his pass, passing range isn't amazing. I think, again, he's, he's a little bit – sometimes his peripheral vision worries me because he does get sort of um, – he does get nicked occasionally. But I'm with you because in my head – the other options at the moment, so are Xhaka. We've seen the limitations. Xhaka is taking too many touches with the ball. All of the Arsenal um, midfield three, Xhaka, Sabayas and El Nelly. They take too many touches with the ball. They slow things down. They, they don't have the athleticism. So too many touches with the ball. Don't have the athleticism. If Xhaka doesn't have his forward passing range, now 
I know Xhaka has a forward passing range, but we're not seeing it at the moment. So if that's form and that's he's playing badly, get him out of the team. So you've got Xhaka, you've got Sabayas, you've got Elneny. Poor, not in the team. You have to give Maitland-Niles an opportunity because the other players aren't delivering. And if you're going to move him into a central midfield position, and let's be honest, at times today in this game, what I saw was acres of space in that central midfield position, which was appalling. Like, it really is depressing. And if, if people can't understand that the modern game requires, modern English game requires athletic uh, midfielders to cover spaces as well as have mm -hmm. pass distributions, then I'm afraid they need to get in a DeLorean, they need to go back to 1988, <laughs> and they need to keep watching football in the 80s because it is a totally different game these days. And I'll, tell you, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the other thing, Chris, on that subject about going back in time, and I've used to be guilty of it. People making excuses for players they like, saying he hasn't got the right sort of partner. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, no one questioned. You know, Edu, Vieira, Gilberto, Parler, which two didn't bother us, didn't care. We were better. Had four great midfield players. This modern game, I know it's changed, but, you know, Shaka is only good with the right partner. Ramsey was only good with the right type of partner. Now, it's changed quickly, but it, has it changed that much? You know, shouldn't we, as Arsenal Football Club, be aiming to have central midfield players who, if you want them to sit deep, can sit deep? If you want them to play further advanced, can play further advanced. No one ever said to Steven Gerrard, you can only play in that role. He was just an all-action midfield player. Now, I'm not saying Ainsley Maitland-Niles is that. Thomas Partey definitely is. But as I say, Maitland-Niles is the closest in attribute because... Whilst he might not, as you say, have the same passing range, he has the pace, he has the he can run with the ball, and he has the recovery pace. So he can take chances in the final third that Sabias and Shaka aren't willing to take because they know if they lose the ball, that's it. They're not going to get it back. They're not going to be able to recover. They're not going to be able to chase back the player who's taking the ball off them. Whereas Maitland Nars can don't do that all day long. Mm. So, you know, uh, and also I think the we the other thing we've got now, which we haven't had. Is and I don't want to rush him. Is is having Martinelli fit does give us a lot of options, you know, because it means uh, we could, for example, have another look at Saka in a in a midfield, and whether that's in a four three three with Saka on the left of that midfield and two other central midfield players, you know, like we saw in Europe with Saka and Magnus Niles, or, or whether it means we play Gabby, Gabby through the middle and we could put Aubameyang back on the left, you know, but it, it gives us more options because. There's something about Martinelli, if he's fit, that we don't have in any other player in the squad. And I don't want to put too much pressure on the guy. But he, when he came on today, you know, you could see he's not fully fit. But the running off the ball, the constant turning, it, it was reminiscent of Theo when Theo was at his best. That constant turning, spinning off his man, running into space, trying to make an angle for a pass. Nine times out of ten, we didn't find him. But at least you knew with Theo, you know, he was going to try and get into space all the time. Whereas you said, everyone else, so static. So static. That's yeah. my issue. My biggest issue is ask, this Arsenal team is slow in possession. They don't, they take too many touches. You need to be like, so let's get, let's have an example. Like Leno picks up, it doesn't matter the team. Leno picks the ball up. He plays it to Louise. Louise is looking up. He's, he wants to see movement. He, he, needs a, he needs a midfielder dropping into space to give him an option. He needs a left, he needs a left um, winger, left fullback. 
um, dropping into space to give him an option. If he doesn't, he plays that ball, either left back or he plays it into party. Party picks the ball up. And this is what someone said earlier, on the half turn. So then you're looking at the next ball, right? What's the next ball? You need two options and you need two options within decent space for each other. If you've got two options within decent space for each other, maybe that's Martinelli, maybe Martinelli's dropped deep, maybe Saka has then pushed on beyond it. It's movement. What we're not doing is there's no movement. There is no, um, there's no uh, options for the ball. Like, Mikel Arteta was an absolute dynamite at this. The amount of times where Mikel Arteta as a player would drop into space to collect it, hit, and, and on the half turn, he'd pick the ball up, he'd half turn immediately, and he'd be looking forward. He'd be saying, right, when? And I need to release the ball quickly. These players, they're taking too many touches. They're not making movement into space. They are not making the right type of, they're not forming partnerships as well. So Pepe has had a poor game, and I'll acknowledge I'm frustrated by it. Pepe at the moment but there was times where he's picked the ball up on the right hand side and he's completely isolated it's totally pointless to have Pepe sitting there on the right hand side against Godfrey totally isolated you need to find somebody who is overlapping or underlapping so that either yeah, but we've Pepe seen, can then we've come seen in that with Cedric all, all, all the time in the Europa League with Pepe Cedric's been overlapping with Pepe all the time it's a partnership that's developed Maitland-Niles is not a fullback you know, he's, he's not he's not a fullback, and he's, he can be a wing back, but you know he's not a fullback, and he's it's not his natural game. He's always looking to cut inside and get involved. You know, play that play play as an inverted fullback, and if you've got an inverted winger and an inverted fullback, you've got a problem, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got to, If one of them's going to invert, the other one's got to go on the outside, and we don't have that. So, uh, yeah, and I think there's a point that's just come up there that Arteta is trying to play man, like Man City without the players, and I think there's a degree. Uh, of truth in that um he's trying to be too clever he just needs to go back to basics and um yeah i mean <laughs> that's like Bergkamp always said isn't it you know the bet there's a difference between a good player and a great player the great player knows what he's going to do before he gets the ball we haven't got anybody we haven't got anybody who has that vision to think right i can see what's where i'm going to look i'm looking around to see where the other player is before i get the ball we haven't got anyone like a santi you know anyone who's going to do that in our whole team unfortunately yeah. Um, so I, and, we, I got, and there's no point talking about Ozil because it's gone, isn't it? So. Yeah. I mean, I saw somebody tweeted something earlier saying, you know, this team will be perfect with Ozil. I mean, let's forget that conversation. Yeah. yeah but let's, no let's, let's look at the type of player. Doesn't Awar, does, a, does that player dropping into that hole make a massive bit of difference in this Arsenal team at the moment? Because the challenge, I think I want to believe it does, but the confidence is so low that mm. I, don't, I don't even know if you drop someone in there that it makes a difference. We need something to go for us, don't we? I mean, today, like yeah, even well. like, when yeah. we start off someone's arse, really, or something like that, ball in off someone's arse, and then, you know, um, we can keep well, it. It's like, that sack, cross, it's like that sack of cross shot at the end. He did absolutely everything right. You know, any any team with any confidence would have had a striker in there. Or, as you say, or he would have got lucky. It would have been an own goal. We just don't have any of that sort of luck. I'll tell you one thing, though, on that thing. I mean, I've said for years, and you know this because I've written and I've talked about it, I don't believe in the Ozil 10. You know, it's nothing against Ozil. You know, I don't I don't, I don't believe in a passing 10. Uh, I, I think that was brilliant back in its day. I don't think we're in that day. I think if you're going to play it in a 4-2-3-1, that 10's got to be a lot more than someone with great vision. And Ozil had great vision. But sometimes... You know, when people are playing a low block or you, you're playing against a back eight, whatever, you, you need to be able to say, OK, there isn't a pass. Therefore, I'm going to try and beat a couple of men like a Grealish, like a Grealish you know, or someone like that would. And that's where I think Saka's been so good this season because he's the only player who will get the ball and think, right, there's nothing on. So I'm going to try and run and beat a man. And that's why I think 
he has to try Emil Smith-Rowe because, you know, I, I wrote a blog last year. I followed him. I interviewed Huddersfield fans, and that's exactly what he's doing. You know, he gets the ball, and if there's nothing on, okay, I'm going to surge forward with the ball. It's like people would get frustrated with Ox when he did. I used to love it. If there's nothing on, try and beat a man. If you beat a man, then there might be a pass on. Ozil beat a man. Yeah, so you can't, you can't try and say, oh, we need an Ozil-type player. That's not the player we need. We need a player who can pass to Ozil's level or close to it, but we also need a player who can say, there's not a pass on, right, I'm going to take a man on, like Wilshere would have done. And, and that's, that's the player we need. And I don't know enough about how hard to know if he's that player. Um, mm. But it, we can't do anything until the 1st of Jan. So... Let's just play Emil Smith Rowe. I don't know what he has to do. I don't know what he's done to, you know, he's not getting enough minutes for me. You know, Willick's getting a lot of minutes um, and I, I think he's earned it, but it's not his position. In, to in be honest, yeah. Do you know what? I, th I think this is the thing that worries me about Arteta. If Arteta tonight, for example, you know, you've got Willian on there. He's not playing great. Let's bring him off. Try one. Try Emil Smith Rowe. The fact mm. that Emil Smith Rowe is not being given a chance. The fact that Balogun isn't being given a chance, having looked quite impressive. I know it's against inferior opposition, but you've just got to give it a try. And I'm at the point where I'm like, the 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 reason why I'm, I don't want to say I'm turning on Arteta because I still want him so much to do to to succeed. But the thing that worries me is the persistence in the senior pros that are failing him and the lack of acknowledgement that they haven't delivered. And the Southampton game, he he, he changed it up. And we were poor for the first 30, 30 minutes or so, but we, we kicked in for the last couple of minutes of the second half, first half. And then the second half, before we we got the red card, I thought, you know, there's a response. Oh, we were going on to win that game with 11 men, definitely. And with the Burnley game as well, I, think I do think I do think the Balligan thing's interesting because whilst I've seen, I haven't watched a lot of under twenty three football. I'm going to hold my hands up. I've seen him play in the Europa League. In the last game, particularly, his hold up play was very, 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 very good, and he's got the strength. I just wonder what message it sends to Eddie though, because you know, like him or don't like him, he's our top scorer. Uh, he works his socks off. He's done the yards. Uh, he's scoring regularly for Arsenal. You know reasonably compared to anyone else <laughs> he's got he five goals tonight, this season. he was poor yeah, he, tonight yeah, he, he was had a couple tonight, of chances but, and you but, give Aubameyang those chances and he makes a difference well yeah maybe so do you you would just basically just who but would you bin Eddie and just put Balogun straight in after all the work that Eddie's done for that since last January you know I don't what? know I don't want to sound harsh I genuinely would like tonight even tonight I would have said right here you go mate you've got confidence in yourself you back yourself I'm giving you a shout now. And I'd have said to Eddie, mate, you know, you've done all right, but I'm going to give this guy a go. If he succeeds, then it, that's what it is. You know, we're Arsenal Football Club. We're not, we're not, we're not a team that needs to. And this is the problem. We've mollycoddled too many players. We've we've kept up hold of too see, many yeah. players. Yeah. To the point me, yeah. where we're like, you make it or you yeah. don't make it. You've had a few chances, Eddie. I'm going to give this guy a go. Imagine if Balogun, with that chance, puts that in the back of the net, back of the net um, where Eddie's you know, sliced it out wide yeah. when you've got acres of space in the first half. You know, that's the sort of thing that you never know. Balogun might have taken. I don't know. I would take it back further down the pitch. You know, Eddie had one chance in the whole game. It's not Eddie's job to create chances for Eddie. <laughs> you know, Eddie is a good finisher. You can't debate it. There's no point debating it. We all know Eddie and Keddie is a good finisher. You don't become the record goal scorer for the England 21s. You don't score five goals for Arsenal already this season be our top scorer if you can't score goals. Of course he can score goals. He's just not getting the chances. Okay, he missed one tonight in, in, in 80 minutes. Big deal. Um, 
so Balogun may well be a better player. I'm not disputing that long term. But it, the problem is creating the chances for Aubameyang and and, and Ketia and Lacazette. It's not. It's not that we're they're not good finishers because we know Aubameyang's a good finisher. He's not scoring at yeah. all. So why is no one saying let's drop Aubameyang and put Balogun in? I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, because yeah. they know you give him the service, he'll start scoring again. And yeah. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any reason that Eddie won't score if you give him the service. Um, yeah. I, I think the problem is that getting that right combination behind whoever is selected. And I, yeah. I am, I am of the feeling that, I mean, Saka has to play. No, don't get me wrong, but and he's good wherever he plays. I just think maybe, you know, we, with Martinelli and Aubameyang fit, then that left role should be decided between those two, and they can alternate. And maybe Saka plays on the right uh, ahead of Willian or Pepe. I don't know. Um, mm. We play Smith Rowe at number ten. That's what yeah, I'd like to see. It, it won't happen, obviously. <laughs> mm. But, uh, but the other thing we've got, the other thing that's worrying, Chris, is, you know, we're all talking about throwing money at things in January. You know, looking at Arsenal, now, you know, everyone's bemoaning the fact we're linked to Buenda or Bendia, whatever Buendia. But, you know, oh, yeah, why are we on that? We're Arsenal. Well, we're Arsenal. We're 15th in the Premier League and we're not an attractive proposition. Maybe. I'm playing devil's advocate because I think the Arsenal is the Arsenal is always an attractive proposition. But we're not going to get someone who's pushing for a Champions League club in, or, you know, or, or likely to be in the Champions League next season necessarily. So that's why we're linked to players like Buendia, um, you know, or Campbell or, or whatever. There is absolutely no sense getting excited about someone linking us to Grealish. You know, we're not going to spend 110 million on Jack Grealish. You know, just like we're not going to spend, spend, you know, 50 million on any player right now. And also those players won't necessarily want to come. You know, we need to dig deep get a system that works for us and start climbing back up the league and quick. Mm, yeah. And that's a good way to end it. Actually, we've done 33 minutes. This is coming towards the end of the pub. <laughs> oh, doesn't time fly when you're having fun, Christoph. Yeah. When you're being depressed and uh, drowning in one's sorrows. But I tell you what, we had a chat before this went live and I was deflated. I was down, but just spending a bit of time with you today, just having a chat about where we're at. Like I, don't feel as depressed as I was beforehand. So perhaps it's catharsis. Um, perhaps it's some sort of group therapy. But I Small feel group. like, yeah, there we go. Just a group therapy with the two of us. But hopefully, if you've been listening in live, hopefully you've enjoyed it. I really apologise. I haven't got, I haven't really got through many of the comments today because there have been lots of people that have made some really, really good comments about Arteta, about the team and things like that. But, you know, it's, uh, it, is, it is what it is. Um, we're down, but we are the Arsenal. We've got to stay together. I think where I'm at at the moment is we just need to get, it feels like we just need to bumble along and hopefully pick up a win before the end of the year so that we can, you know, where I'm looking at those Brighton and West Brom games and thinking, well, win out of those two would be absolutely amazing. You know, really, really good because we just need to tick ourselves along. And then in January, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I'll tell you, I'll leave, Chris, Chris, I'll leave everyone this note. In 1993, the worst Arsenal side for 10 years won two trophies and finished quite low in the league. No one looks back and says 93 was an awful year, wasn't it? You know, who knows? Yeah. We're still in three cup competitions and we're not relegated yet. Plenty of, plenty of football to be played. There's always the next game. There's always the next game. A great way to end it. Gooners, Arsenal fans, you are like me. You are like Dave. We love you all. Um, let's stay together. Um, and on that note, you know, hope you're all right. Merry Christmas. Have a good, have a good Christmas.
yeah have a good christmas if you can and uh, we'll see you next time